Yo, this is the Jack of All Trades podcast. I'm your host, Jack Freeman. Uh, today, we have uh, our our guest is uh, none other than uh, Houston Texans legend and uh, turned rapper, Arian Foster. Um, we talk about a, a, a collection of things. We talk a little bit about you know, mental health and things of that nature, uh, as seems to be the theme of a lot of our, pro- uh, a lot of our shows. Um, but we, we kind of like breeze through the way he grow he grew up and, um, talk a little bit about his football career. Um, uh, Aaron's not m- much about talking about his, his, uh, football career. So I'm glad he kind of indulged me just for a second. Um, then we got into, you know, his after, career life you know going into music and um um art and we talk a little about a bit about him going to school going back to school for math and uh wanting to learn physics and things of that nature um we talk about so many different things that just are like he has a wealth of knowledge of of just or a wealth of just perspectives and opinions and stuff like that we talk about how um his uh religious beliefs and well his lack of religious beliefs and uh how they came about and um things of that nature so uh he was a great guest shout out to arian foster man uh hopefully really soon i'll be able to come back and do his we actually did his podcast early on and um his laptop got stolen and so it never came out so uh that's a shameless plug though go check out the now what podcast by arian foster it's great he's got great guests and um he's a great mind so Without further ado, we got to get into the show right, right now, right now, on them boys. podcast i am your host jack freeman and today our special guest well first of all it's a beautiful day it rained but then the sun peaked out we're at the brooklyn athletic club uh inside the 75th and canal trailer yeah somebody uh somebody died across the street i don't know he didn't die i don't think i hope not but he's like passed out and he's not waking up right now so uh the, the amper lamps is outside and they're uh they're tending to him so I got my man, um, got my man DJ Prolific in the building, always. Um, we're at the 75th and Canal store inside the trailer. It's going down. It's a wonderful day. Today, my guest is uh, uh, a guy I met about a year ago, around this time. Um, he's had a, a an illustrious NFL career. He is my first NFL player. Uh, so we started off with a producer and a videographer. We had the the creator and the the starter of the Nigerian bobsled team, Mishan uh, Shion Adigan, and um, 
they just made history at the at the Winter Olympics. Yes, it's it's it's, it's big down there in Nigeria. So shout out to them. We had our first um, rapper, Slim Thug. We had our first photographer, uh, Greg Noir. And today we got our first NFL player, or a former NFL player slash uh, now rapper and uh, uh, and uh, future physicist. Hey, hey, we got my man Bobby Fino, aka Ray Jennings from uh, Draft Day. <laughs> Ray Jennings. And uh, yeah, Arian Foster, guys. What's up, man? Yeah. Good man, this you a hard guy to come by. You you you're a hard guy to get in contact. With. I disagree, man. No, I mean you're not a hard guy to get in contact with, but you are moving around a lot, and we've been I trying to do this podcast for a long time. Got a lot of shit going on, man. Yeah, man. So yeah, Arian brought in the the fam. Got the little one here. Got young Yoko out here. Yoko's out here flourishing. Got his fur flowing in the wind. Mm-hmm. Got uh got the wifey out here. So it's 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 good. It's a it's a it's a wonderful day, man. It's good to see you, man. Good to see you too, man. All as well. Yes, absolutely. So I like to start the podcast by really asking people how they're doing. And you always seem to me pretty even. And I don't really like you don't really get too excited about stuff. You don't really get too low about anything. But um, those are the people often that no one ever asked how they're doing. <laughs> so because they just assume everything is OK. And um, be it that, you know, the perception of you is probably that. Uh, you're a rich ball player. Obviously, you don't have any problems. <laughs> is is what the perception is is going to be. So I, I definitely want to ask how you are, where you are mentally, how's your body feeling, uh, things that you're doing to cope with whatever you're going through, and uh, yeah, talk about that for a little bit. I'm uh, I'm well, man. Apologize for eating broccoli, but it's healthy. It is healthy. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm as well as as anybody could be. I don't get too high or or too low. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. About thing about things, just because what I've learned in life is you just can't control anything. So yeah, you're right. Um, I just kind of just take life as it comes. I do enjoy the good moments, and I just laugh through the bad ones. And that sounds cliche, but I literally laugh through bad shit and mm-hmm. people get pissed off at me though it's funny yeah, like, <laughs> how can you laugh at a time like this it's the fu- like yeah. it'd be like something super serious going on i'm like yeah like, man and they're like because what, what the- is wrong with you i'm like i just don't know how to react other than Cause laughing because what you're really laughing about is like man this is fucked up yeah like, this is fucked like we're up. here i don't know anything different sucks. than just like laughing yeah. laughing is the I feel you. Only man. thing that works, man. So yeah, I just be chilling, man. Body feeling good. Um, on my post post uh, career, That's and it. uh, trying not to get fat, man. That's the. It's you. You know, you've lost a considerable amount of weight since easily. I met you. Oh yeah, because I took like a year after I, after I retired, and I didn't yeah. shit. And just you know, yeah, I you gotta shit. you gotta decompress. Yeah, and that's what I did, and I just drank liquor and ate like shit, and I. I felt it on me, so when he grew that yeah. retirement beard and and uh, well, I've been had a beard. Well, I know that, but there's, had a beard. there's a difference between the beard and then the retirement beard. Well, it's just the retirement when, when beard you retired and you don't have to like you ain't got to keep up no no. I don't, got, I don't just don't care anymore, like what people say or think. So absolutely, and you shouldn't. It used to it, it, it used to because I didn't I, I when I was playing it wasn't the era like it is now. So the era now is like um, people are accepting of inv- individuality more. Right. Whereas where we were growing up, like you had to kind of walk a certain, certain way, yeah. And uh, and so I think my generation kind of 
broke that ice, and yeah. then now these young cats are just themselves, which is dope. So we can that's 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 a good segue. We can go just to the beginning because, um, obviously, I I caught wind of who you were being a Houston native and just you know uh, following the Texans. Um, so it was always a mystery to me where you were actually from. So you're from New Mexico, right? From Albuquerque, New Mexico. Grew up. And then I uh, finished my high school in uh, San Diego, California. San Diego. Um, Reggie Bush is from San Diego, right? Sure. Okay. Did um, were you guys' high schools like kind of in the same? Nah, he was way up north <clears throat> in something called Oceanside, and we were like oh, he went south. to Oceanside. Yeah, we were okay. like the South Bay State. I went to school in Mission Bay. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, cool. Yeah. But y'all didn't even come out the same year, though, right? He it was one year before me. So he was 03, I was 04. Okay, okay. I graduating mean, class. Yeah, okay. And then you, um, okay, so growing up in Albuquerque, so I have my my thought of what Albuquerque is, and okay. I, I'm probably, and, and the only reason why I kind of have an idea is because I went to UTEP, so oh. El Paso is like, El Paso is basically New Mexico. So um, how is, what, what's that like? What's that like being black? But you also have black half Mexican, right? Yeah, my mom's Mexican. So, what is like? Were you? Did you know? I, I guess the thing is like, do you know that you're black? Like, did, is Nigga, there, what? Are there like? I mean, at that time, well, <laughs> yeah, no, like at that time, like, do you growing up in Albuquerque is a predominantly Hispanic, you yeah. know, and white by far, yeah, yeah. So like, hanging out with those types of people, right? Like. Are you aware of your actual blackness? Oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. And uh, and is that a thing that you've met that you learned from your father, or? I mean, it was you. You know where you fit in. I mean, right. as a kid growing up, this is this is how humans are wired. For whatever reason, we divide amongst ourselves to the most comfortable groups. Right. Some kind of evolutionary uh, reason behind it. Well, we always divide ourselves. So kids always divide themselves. Like sooner or later, black kids, yeah. So, sooner or later, yeah. it comes up. Right, Why right. just getting darker than everybody else's? Yeah. And um, there were like it was spotty. So I didn't grow up with around a lot of black people uh, until really at all. There's just not a lot there. Um, they they were in a certain parts of the area, but the area we grew up in, it was predominantly Mexican. Cool. So uh, you felt you felt outcasted a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. But you saw uh, the other side of racism, like the bad side of racism. Right. And it was from minorities. So you saw it from yeah. both sides. So you saw it from you saw it from all sides, really, which is which is interesting. And it's why I think it's it, it it's part of the reason why I became so um, non group oriented, and I'm more kind of right. just by myself right. because you go hang out with the white folks as as a young cat in that in that era. And they'll let you know that you're not white. And then you hang yeah. out with the Mexicans. They'll let you know that you're not Mexican. Yeah. You hang out with the blacks. And be like, they'll let you know that you ain't all the way black. Yeah. And so after a while, I just stopped giving a fuck. Like, I, and you fuck just start all hanging, y'all. Yeah. yeah. You just start hanging out with whoever you hang out yeah, with. Yeah, it just didn't matter. <clears throat> yeah, and yeah. I'm not saying everybody was racist, but yeah. it was it, it, it was a very, uh, it was in, it was influenced in my childhood. And my dad always tried to let us know where we were from and and and, and what it meant to be black. And it's probably helpful because you because when you got somebody there to kind of like really show you what it is and 
And um, because, again, when you're not hanging around a lot of black folks, you don't really see a lot of black representation. So it's good to have your, your dad around and like, hey, this is what you're probably going to go through. This mm-hmm. is what I went through. Yeah. Uh, what you're going through is a little bit different from what I'm, you know, what I grew up with. I mean, because as you generationally, like, um, like I, I was listening to uh, your podcast with Dwayne Brown and how you guys were talking about how um, it's harder to uh, to deal with the issue here now because you have to convince people that there's an issue. Mm-hmm. And before, everybody knew it was an issue, yep. and most people just didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you had to make them give a shit, and yeah. then and some of them still didn't give a shit, but, they, but things started changing, right? Yeah. And so now everything is just like convincing people that you have that. that yeah, you're trying to convince people that there's, well, people, people will acknowledge that mm-hmm. there's racism, mm-hmm. but you ask them where it is, and they don't have a they don't, they don't have a finger to point to. Right. Nobody knows where it is. So how did that change? How did that flip going to San Diego? It was a complete culture shock because um, I had never been around Albuquerque. Weird because, and it, it is could it be just the pocket that I grew up in, but it felt like one of those towns where the goals and the aspirations were a little bit lower. They were just there. like so. You go whatever your parents do, like you, you try to just you either do that or or you just Going to the work work business. a good job. Yeah, yeah. It's shit like that. That's how El Paso was. Yeah. Because El Paso, like, you don't move to El Paso to to get a job. Mm-hmm. You don't move to El Paso to further your career and anything. Right. You, everybody's okay with being, like, El Paso's okay with being El Paso 1942 as it is, yeah. you know, like, at, at, in 2018. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no, the, there's there no, no expansion. There's no growth there because um, there's not a lot, stimulating the economy right so there's no there's no yeah. tourist travel like people aren't going to travel there there's no entertainment there's no yeah there's no entertainment you, there's no people, oil and gas people go no, there to just retire really yeah so, or to be in the military because because yeah. uh, el paso yeah. has the oh, i was the, talking the about army albuquerque, base. But yeah, yeah, no, but Al- albuquerque yeah like albuquerque is like like it just it's always kind of thing and and new mexico um university of new mexico being the rival you know right saw a lot of that and new mexico state yeah um that was way down south. It was like yeah, two or three hours down yeah. South. It's like thirty minutes from El Paso. Yeah, but coming yeah. from there and going to um San Diego was a, it was a huge culture shock because you uh and and when I went, so I went uh, in the middle of high school, mm-hmm. and the kind of the kind of things that was going on with the kids in Albuquerque versus the kind of things that was going on with the kids in San Diego were night and day difference. Right. Whereas I remember my mentality in, in Albuquerque was like I was doing stupid shit. Smoking weed, drinking, doing drugs, partying, just doing dumb shit. <clears throat> was still playing ball at a high level, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm gonna make it to college," but not doing the things that I had to do to make it to college. Right. And then coming to San Diego, people had so much goals that it was infectious. Right. It yeah. was a, it was around you, and so it made you want to be like. When I left Albuquerque, my my GPA was a one point seven. Went to San Diego, it was a three point two, three point one. And so, like, it's just, it just, it's a mentality flip, right? So right. it's just you change the way you think about the things that's going on in your life. Right. And <clears throat> it was that environment that 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 did that for me. I, I think Albuquerque, for me, when I was growing up, had a, it was a bad and negative environment because there wasn't a lot of uh, aspirations that people were going for. It was just right. like you know, it was it was rare if somebody wanted to go to college. Right. So it's, it's interesting that you say that because. 
you have people that are exceptionally good at the things that they do. And then you have people that are exceptionally good at the things that they do and they work their asses off to a, a nauseating, uh, obsessive level. And the reason why they do it is because maybe they saw someone else and they wanted to be that or they wanted to be like that. Um, and so yeah, you see, you just see possibilities, man. Right. Like right. growing up in my neighborhood, I grew up in, I was broke. We was dead broke. And so you didn't see anybody. Like I remember like my dad played college ball mm-hmm. and he had a tryout with Denver for his rookie year yeah. and then never played again. So I used to tell people my dad played a year with Denver Broncos. Yeah. And people used to flip the fuck out, like, what? Your dad did what? Like, it's yeah. crazy. And like, or like, you lying. Yeah, and you, you know, heard, yeah, yeah. they're like, you, you hear stories of like cats. Like, so there was this cat, his name was Bobby Newcomb. He played for Nebraska. I remember Bobby he Newcomb. He was called receiver, yeah. quarterback, punt returner. He was like yeah, athlete. Yeah. So he he came from Albuquerque. And just the the buzz around yeah. the city, like, yo, he. Like, he's going to be the one. He did, he did it. Like, yeah. it, it was just rare. Whereas, like, if you grow up here or in L.A., if you just won a nigga uh, getting a scholarship is like you like, supposed to you nice yeah you know what I'm <laughs> like saying you, yeah you, you where like what, yeah, what you when, mean? when when we was growing up it was like though cats didn't get scholarships like that so it was like right. it was rare like cats didn't cats yeah. didn't get discovered on the internet and and, and cats get, didn't and yeah up. cats didn't get discovered with their music and then like yo they they're from Albuquerque like there was right. there was nothing like that okay. so it was like you had nothing to shoot for and like people just lived day to day check to check and 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 that's why like, I used a lot of drugs when I was little, was because there's nothing to do out there. What and drugs the, were you using? I did. <laughs> I did. I mean, it was like no hard shit. I did mushrooms. I did okay. mushrooms. I did weed, of course, alcohol. Yeah. Uh, I never did coke or crack or anything like that. But I, it was always around. People, yeah. was, I know, cats just selling dope, smoking yeah. dope. It was just around. I'm 12, 13 years old seeing this shit. It's crazy. The shroom situation was probably. I'm looking for them out here. <laughs> if anybody, if anybody knows some some where I can get some rooms, man, hit me on the DM, man. It's dry out here. I've asked Yo. three drug dealers, and none of them got me no. What? You need to ask Face. I'm not getting no drugs from Face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not getting no drugs from. Star you know what? You're right. I just saw him last night. Shout out to Face. But uh, okay, so your transition to how the fuck did you end up at UT? Well, University, Tennessee. Of Tennessee. University of Tennessee. I used to, we, they called UT. Uh, they call it UT. I, I remember when I first came down to uh, Houston. Uh, yeah, what like they, you go to? I remember going to Knoxville and they were saying UT all the time. I'm like, oh, y'all went to UT? And I'm like, oh, wait, no. Yeah, they call it Tennessee UT. Yeah. But um, I was, uh, it was dope. My junior year, actually. My junior year, actually. um, In high school, we had a playoff game. We are playing St. Augustine. This is, I remember it vividly. And... There was a quarterback that was playing for St. Augustine that all the scouts were real high on. Mm-hmm. And um, and my recruiting coach told me this when I got there. He was the quarterback coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, like I, I had got off. Like, mm-hmm. He couldn't stop me. I had got off, and um, I had not been on anybody's radar, really. Mm-hmm. And then uh, right then and there, they offered me right after that game. <clears throat> and my stubborn ass, I should have stayed in the Pac-10, but the buzz in the city was, oh, he's a good – Running back, but he can't. He's not like a, uh, um, an SEC. Caliber yeah, he's not an SEC running. caliber. Like can't carry the load. That'll light back. a that'll light a fire under your ass, right? And there. my dumb ass just wanted to prove people wrong, mm-hmm. and so I went to Tennessee. <laughs> so, so was it? And and all like I know how you feel about the NCAA, and we could talk about that in a little bit. But, um, 
in all like was your did you enjoy your experience in college i did but i didn't i enjoyed i enjoyed it for what it was i enjoyed the fact that i got to meet cats from all over the country i enjoyed the fact that i got to um play ball at that level mm-hmm. um but there were just so many things wrong with the system that just skewed my worldview and same here yeah no it skewed my worldview and it and it ruined the experience of what college could be and what it should right, be right and you know i'm i'm like a proponent you know just like i i spent a little time within that system and i saw guys that are in the league now or maybe you know didn't pan out or you know guys that are having great careers and and but I see, I see, I saw the system firsthand, and the NCAA is trash, bro. <laughs> like, like the the NCAA is like the we we talk about um all the scams in the world, people slanging Herbalife or whatever. What you know is that, what I mean? Is that like, not good? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about I don't, Herbalife. I don't really, I don't really fuck. I mean, because of the of the actual business model of it. Oh, the pyramid scheme. Like, yeah, like you really? should see. There's a documentary on uh, Netflix, I think, and it's about uh, Herbalife and about how they get um, um, his, uh, how they get Hispanics to um to buy a storefront that don't have the labeling on it, and then and they call them health clubs, and then they bring these people in and they try to get them to sell um, um sell product, but they're not selling the product, but they keep buying more product. So it's like if you got a t-shirt company, right? And you um and you somebody gets you to buy a thousand t-shirts, but you can't move the thousand t-shirts. But then their th- thoughts, you know, you go back to the person that sold you the t-shirts and you're like, well, what do I do? Oh, you buy five hundred more t-shirts. That's fucking stupid. And then that's what they do. And then they have these um and these these aren't like well to do Hispanic people. These are like these are these are Mexicans that came in from that's like, why education is so important. Yeah, and they come in and they take so much advantage of them, and then they have a garage full of like, Herbalife like, stuff. It's just like business one on one. Like, how are you? How are you? How are you re-upping your product and you haven't sold any product? Like, that's right. Business one on one. And they're trying to tell them that like, oh, you can do this if you know, because it was a get rich quick scheme for them, and they and they sell them the American dream, right? And so they're thinking that you can own your own business. And this is, you know, all of these things that these trigger words that that um, work for people that aren't uh, very savvy in business. And so, but that's off on a tangent. But like, I look at like scams, and you know, we talk about uh, student loans, and we talk nope. about all of this stuff. The NCAA is quite possibly the largest scam ring, right next to student loans. Yeah, that um, Wall Street. Wall Street is yeah, Wall Street. But NCAA is the Wall Street of sports. Yeah, it's because the, nobody gets paid in the uh, NCAA. Oh yeah, except old white men. Except old white men. <laughs> that uh, and it's 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 funny. It's it's so crazy, um, to see, to watch how a kid, a nineteen twenty year old kid, who who's seemingly on top of the world, winning a national championship, winning the Heisman Trophy. Uh, breaking all these records, going to the Rose Bowl, going to the Super Bowl, all this kind of stuff, and 
then you look at that kid, and when I look at the kid, I feel sorry for the kid a lot of times because because he's got so much on his plate and he's doing so much, but he ain't got no money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he has no money, and it's and it's a, you know what I mean? Like I had to explain this to somebody. I'm like, you don't know what it feels like to have to scrape up fifty five dollars to go and buy a video game that your face is on. Yeah, oh, they discontinued that shit. <laughs> they finally. discontinued yeah. it, but I was on, I think, 08 and 09, NCAA 08 and 09, right. which is great, right? You get to be on a video game, but then when no. you look at the way that it, it's not know, great. It, it, you're like, you're like, <laughs> it's not great. I was yeah. on, I was on, I was on all of them. Yeah, and I just remember thinking like, yeah, this is the biggest crock of shit ever. I remember, I remember walking back because like our our stadium, excuse me, our stadium. I think I heard you tell a story on that uh, documentary. But yeah, yeah. So our stadium yeah. was like right down the hill. So it was like probably two hundred meters from our from our dorm room. Yeah. And after the game, we would walk back, and I'm walking back, and like getting all these high fives from fans who were who were uh, tailgating, and they had thousands of cars just lined up, people just merchandise, just everything, and it's yeah. like, yo, this is such a big event, and I'm going back to my dorm room, and I don't have anything in the fridge, and I'm hungry right. as shit. And then uh, you called the coach, right? Yeah. <laughs> you were like, dog, we're hungry. We called the coach, and I still get shit from Vol fans, Tennessee Vol fans to this day, because <clears throat> I said that. That he brought you all tacos. He brought me tacos, and so, like, I get, like, a taco treat, like, every day. Ah. Stupid, you, you said you got taco. Like, it's just it's just corny-ass people that it's don't, ridiculous. That don't and, know shit about the system. And it's funny because, you know, your coach is going to pull up to you at the dorms in his bins or his Lexus yeah. or his, Nigga you dropped know, 50 tacos off. And he drops 50 tacos off. That's a tax write off, fam. <laughs> like, nah, he like, can't. He can't. He can't write that shit off. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> but like, when you think about it in the grand scheme of things, it's like you just bought fifty tacos, buzz, and you know what I mean. Like, whenever I see guys that you know, I see stuff about guys getting paid, uh, in, in basketball and in football. Um, I always say, you know what that's called? It's called paying what you owe. <laughs> Not even we, so. I, I so. So I've been I've been tooting this NCAA horn for years and been getting chastised for it. Me too. And finally, but I don't get chastised because you have the platform. Right, right, right. Have, really. So niggas, I've been getting killed for years for this shit. And now I th- I don't know who made it sexy, but now it's super cool to bash the NCAA. Right. Or whatever. So like it was 2010, and and Cam Newton had got caught taking all that money. Oh yeah. His, his and they, pop. they yeah. asked me about yeah. it. They asked me about it. It was on Radio Row, or some some radio show. And it was like, he said he took $200,000. What do you think about that? I was like, yeah, he was underpaid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Super yeah. underpaid. You know, uh, uh, I was watching Hard Knocks one year, and I think it was the Jets. And uh, Joe McKnight, rest in peace, Joe McKnight. But uh, mm. God rest his soul, man. That was that was sad. You know God, but I feel you. I, I remember he was, uh, um, he was at camp, and there was something that wasn't, he was a rookie, so it was like something wasn't going well. Mm-hmm. And uh, the coach said something like, man, what's wrong with Joe, man? Uh, like he's he's not something was going on. I think it was Bart Scott. He was like, he probably mad because he took a pay cut. Oh when yeah, he got here. I, remember that. <laughs> I was like, I, remember I was that like, shit. yeah, yeah, that's that's USC. I remember that. That's shit. it. But yeah, like it's just we could go, we could do a three or four hour podcast about just how bad. The I'm NCAA not wasting three hours is. talking about the yeah. NCAA. Well, I yeah. promise you. So, um, and, and we're just kind of breezing through stuff. So like, um. Get to the NFL, you're a fifth round drafted? I was undrafted. You're undrafted. Yeah. Okay. You undrafted. You get a call from the Texans. All right. Was it your only call? No, no, no. I got a call from I actually got a call from Seattle in the seventh round. Um they're like, we got 
They got we got two picks in the seventh round. Yeah. And I was so pissed off at that point because I was slotted to go second to fourth, and I slid all the way down to the seventh, and I get a seventh round. Right. Call, I get a call in the seventh round, and he's like, "Yo, we got we got two picks. Uh, we're thinking about taking you. What do you think?" And I was just like so unenthusiastic. I was like, "Yeah, man, that'd be, yeah, that'd be cool." <laughs> so they didn't pick me. Man, wow. But but it's it's uh, it's the best. I was so glad I was an asshole in that moment because looking back in hindsight. That very next, so I played my rookie year. That very next year, I led the league in rushing. Mm-hmm. And when you're undrafted, you don't have a two-year contract right. as opposed to a four-year if you're. Right. So let's see. I, let's see. I must have, it would have been my rookie year. Next year, I led the league in rushing. Next year, I led the league in yards from scrimmage. And then that next year, uh, I was like top five in, in rushing. So I did all of that. And then yeah. not, and then probably got franchised. Yeah. It's what's going on with, with Le'Veon right now. Yeah. Like, it's it's just a shitty. They treat running backs like shit. But anyway, they do. They do. But, but anyway, um. But I. That's a point that I like. Um. That I. That is, textbook, like even though you didn't know you were probably doing it, but that's textbook rolling the dice on yourself and taking a smaller look. For I the mean, bigger. I didn't. I was. I. I would definitely yeah. not. At it. It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't planned. No, no, no. But it was. <laughs> but it was like a thing where you looked at it. Like now, you look at it. Like man, glad. that like, was. I'm, a, I'm glad I didn't get drafted yeah. in the second round. Because that's a that hell of a gamble, shitty. though. That's a hell of a gamble to be to be undrafted because you might not make the team. Right. And you could be good, and it may not have anything to do with what, what you're doing on the field, but they just don't have any room for you. And you go in and you play your ass off, and you and you and you ball out, and you know that what you have isn't very much. Like you're on the low end of the totem pole as far as pay go, pay goes, mm-hmm. but you like, I gotta go, I gotta do this, and I gotta, and I gotta, and then your your next year, that second year is like when the, when your contract is up, it's time to ball out. Like you gotta, like like Isaiah Thomas say, open up the Brinks truck mm-hmm. and start and start. Get, but they don't really open up the Brinks. He ain't say that. That's an old thing. Yeah, that's an old. Yeah, that's true. But uh, but they also don't open up the Brinks truck in the NFL anyway because. They, they do. The numbers are good. The numbers cat. look good, but then the guaranteed money is a lot lower than yeah. Look, yeah. So, um, and it was even lower back then. When I was coming up. Well, nah, because nah, that was, my, that, uh, my contract is is one of the biggest running backs. So you have like you have Adrian Peterson, and you have Chris Johnson. I think it was mine was next. Actually. Now they, I remember them paying you because they were like, because they was like it's either you or Mario. I yeah, like, no, I, I remember that whole debate. It's insane that they have to do that shit. It is insane. It is reg- It's super insane. So, what was your welcome to the NFL moment? Um, I don't think I really ever had like one. Like, I I think they they got these things called welcome to welcome to the NFL hits that everybody talk about. That, like, where, okay, that's that. what I wanted. Yeah. So mine was uh Clint Sessions, Clint Ooh. Sessions, two thousand ten. Um, we're playing at Indianapolis Colts, and he just fired off in my chest. Were you pass pro or no? No, I was running. You, oh, <clears throat> and I got like five yards. He got up talking shit. He's like, "Ooh, I know you feel that." And I was like, "Please, anybody feel that shit?" I could not <laughs> breathe. Though. I couldn't breathe. I was in a huddle, like <gasps> I couldn't breathe. And I just remember thinking, like, "Yo, this is." I got to get down. This is not regular. One of my favorite NFL mic'd up moments is Arian asking the guy to turn around so that we could see the name on his on his back oh, because man. no one knew who he was. And I still don't know who he is. No, I man. still don't know who that guy is. I but. do. That's the, that's the funny thing is I knew who he was. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you didn't. 
I was, was just talking name? shit. What's your name, bro? Think, uh, Turn around. I think so his name could... was uh, Jimmy Smith. The funny thing, I, was I, it Jimmy Smith? Yeah, I put, no, not Jimmy Smith. Jimmy, um, fuck, I forget his name. But I played with, I played against him in high school. Oh, and the reason okay. why we was beefing is because when we was playing in high school, he choked me under the pile once. Oh. Yeah, and so I remember seeing him, and he did some, he did some, some silly shit under the, under the pile again. And so we just started jump, start going after it again. Cause I remember that That's day. That's funny as hell. Yeah, I remember that day in high school. Like we was ready to go to blows, and yeah. then I see him in the league, and we still popping off. But like I'm. That's cool. Yeah, no, no beef, man. We good. Yeah, okay. I don't want no, cool, I don't want cool. no beef. <laughs> Ain't got no problem. Nah. Uh, what was your? We can leave names out of it if you have a story. But what was your? Um, what's the one of the wildest moments? As an NFL player, like it could be a hotel thing, it could be a locker room thing. Uh, I guess if I did locker room, that would narrow it down for me. But like, just like, just like crazy shit that people did, or maybe you saw a great player that just said or did something that was like, like you know, like everybody has a Michael Jordan story, right? right. Everybody's got <clears throat> that. Like, yeah, Mike came in here one time and and told me he was gonna give me forty, and he gave me forty. <laughs> you know that kind of uh, thing. You know. Nah, I didn't. I never really had no moment like that. I I never really looked for it. I guess. I think it's a little bit harder in football because there's so many players. Right. So there's always the debate over who's the best football player of all time because there's like there's right. so many players. I don't think quarterbacks should be even in that conversation. You don't think quarterbacks should be? Man, fuck no. Because like, of the not, I, hate, I hate when they're like, yo, the greatest athletes of all time. Like, oh, what, no. now, yeah, what, is, what, is, what are we talking about? What does athlete mean? Michael Vick's an athlete. Yeah. And He's one of the rare yeah. athletes at the quarterback yeah. position. Tom Brady is not an athlete. No, man. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That'd be wild. Like, you're a great thrower. Yeah. And he's a great football mind. You throw well. Yeah. You throw really well. And you know how to read defense. So, who's your favorite running back of all time? That's tough. I can't even. I don't know. <laughs> you got a top five. Yeah, I got a top five. My top five would probably be uh, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, Walter Payton, um, Ladanian Thomason. Uh, number five would probably be man. I probably go Adrian Peterson. Oh shit! No, I gotta take him off. Marshall Falk over Adrian Peterson. Yeah. He had 2,000, 1,000 seasons, bro. True. That's, true. <laughs> That's insane. That's true. All purpose, too. I think, I think I think Adrian Peterson's a better runner. Marshall Falk's a better overall Adrian football. Adrian Peterson was like, I, growing up in Texas, like, I saw, yeah. like, little stuff on TV because he was, like, at a small school up in East yeah. Texas. Like, he, he's looked like that since he was, like, 15. Yeah. I had a homie that um I went to college with, and a couple of them, he went to the, um that, USA, U.S. Army, All-American oh, yeah, game. Army Element, yeah. And so uh, I remember him coming after, after that. Like, we, you know, you just meet all the freshmen and stuff we're talking. He's like, yo, there's this dude that went to Oklahoma. He could go to the league right now. And I, I, I remember thinking, like, shut the fuck, shut your googly ass. Yeah. <laughs> shut your ass up. But then looking back and knowing who he was talking about, absolutely. Man, he, like, I used to see him at track meets in the summer. Yeah, I heard he used to get off. Oh my God! He looked like. First of all, I said, "Whose father is that?" <laughs> <laughs> Why 
why is he running in the 16, 17 uh, age group? Yeah. How are they allowing this to happen? And, like, he's just one of them guys that, like, you're playing, at, like, at a young age or whatever, and then you like, man, this, that nigga's car keys fell out of his pocket on the way to the game. Like, yeah. he was, he's just been a man like that for yeah. it's It's been incredible. It's incredible. And everybody has said it. Just blessed. Man. It, yeah, it, it, exactly. So, um, you know, I think we could put a book in on the, on the football aspect of it. Well, your career and all that stuff. Because, honestly, I've been to this guy's house, and I never saw anything that had anything to do with football except madness. That's the only thing in his in his. I threw house. that shit away. Yeah. I mean, because, you, you know, you don't strike me. Again, another thing is that you don't strike me as a person that is even really into uh, worldly possessions, I guess you would say. Mm-mm. So, like, things just don't bother you. Like, mm-hmm. when you lose it, you My just... My mom was pissed because um, during that Harvey flood, uh, I, I kept all of my, like, you know, all the little awards, the posters, yeah. and all of that shit. I kept it in the garage, and, and that shit flooded. Out. And she was like, did you keep it, though? I was like, nah, I just threw it out. Like, the only thing that I was mad that got flooded, I, went, I took them to the cleaners, though, was two jerseys that I had. It was my, it was my college jersey. So oh, that's okay. the only thing that I've kept from my professional playing days is I have I have all the jerseys I've swapped with, with cats over the years. So I probably yeah. got like 40, 30, 40 jerseys okay. with like, of like my favorite players that I've swapped with. Yeah. And, and then lost, my did you lose those two? Or? No, no, I got all those. Okay. That, that, that's what I'm saying. I took them to the cleaners. Oh, that's the oh, only you took thing. All of those? Okay. Yeah, because like whenever I get the house that I'm going to live in till I die, is I'm going to like put it in my man cave, hang them up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But other than that, I don't really have anything that I hold on to. Do, do you, um, <clears throat> I guess what's the, to, to kind of like put a actually put a book on it. Like, what do you? What's the most valuable and like positive lesson that you may have gotten from the NFL, mm. or just playing and like you know? I, I think it's honestly it's the perspective on America. It's the perspective on just system wise. Is what I got from the NFL. It's. It shows you how fickle people are. And yeah. so that's what I pulled from my experience in the NFL. Did you see Jerry Seinfeld's uh, uh, stand-up on Netflix? I did not see. Jerry Seinfeld is not funny to me. I, I think he's pretty funny. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, he's I, not I, like bust your gut open funny there to There are I think he's millions just, of people across the just, world that think he is hilarious. I think he's just, I'm not saying I don't like the cat. One thing, I, I think he doesn't make me laugh. One thing he said was... It's uh, probably not going to be funny. Well, no, he we were just talking about because we were talking about the fickleness of the of the sport, and, right? Well, of of America, and um, he goes. Uh, so what you guys want to talk about? Like he just in the middle of his of his uh, of his bit, and this guy goes. Uh, I guess he's a Mets fan. He's like, "How about the Mets? Like, what's wrong with them? Who cares?" And he's like, "Think about it, man. We're really aggressive about players because they got on different clothes." We're just mad at him about. We're just mad at them about their their wardrobe choice for the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you think about it like that, it's like like people have huge allegiances <clears throat> to a team or to you know teams that don't give a shit about you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the owner doesn't give a shit if you come. Like well, well he he gives a shit if you pay. He doesn't care. He doesn't <laughs> care where the money comes from though. You know what I mean? And you know so people are gonna be diehard this and that fans and um. We forget that there's humanity in the actual athlete, and well, I don't even talking about that aspect of it. I'm I'm not asking people to look at me because I used to be like I'm a human too, but I just don't care about that shit. I'm talking about the aspect of 
the entertainment has superseded art. It has superseded rational thought in our country. Oh yeah, and so Absolutely. that's that's what I got from the NFL. Yeah, yeah. that's very true because <laughs> everything is a show. Everything is a show. Oh, yeah. Our president. Oh man, that's the pillar of mediocrity. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna get into it, man. Like, so I was uh the way I met Arian is, um, Chill called me one day, Young Chill. Well, not Young Chill anymore, but. We all young to somebody, we, we man. Just, yeah. We, um, Chill called me up around this time. He actually is young. He only like 30, 29, 30. Is he? Is yeah. He? Yeah. I thought he was older than me. He's I not. thought he was old. I, I thought he was like 34, 35. carries him. Yeah, I did too. Wow. I didn't, I, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so Chill called me one day. Young Chill. And I didn't even know he still had my phone number. And he goes, um, hey, man, um. He's just talking. He's just like offhand. He's like, yeah, Aaron Foster's working on the album, man. Do you want to be on it? And I was like, who? <laughs> and he said, Aaron Foster. I said, you rap? He's like, yeah, he's actually pretty damn good, too. And I was like, well, shit, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll go. And so we, we met, and I was genuinely ready to hear some whack shit. Some shit that I'm like, oh, he's trying, but... You know, good try. I don't think Chill would have called you out if it was that. That's that. I, I don't know because <laughs> has he called you out with some whack shit before? No, he. But he's never saying? called me for anything. Oh, and that's the that's the 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 biggest thing is like he just doesn't call me for much of anything. All right. So um, but like you you see guys in there and they're sending you and you know I I've, you know I've done music with ball players before like uh, I got a song with Stephen Jackson. I got a song with Ron Artest. You know what I mean? And you know. But you you go in ready for somebody to not be as in tune with the the art yeah with the art of it and they just trying to do the hustle part and so you hit play and I'm like when you were done I think I told you I was like yo I was not expecting that yeah <laughs> and and um like I was pleasantly surprised about it and I want to really know about like like where does this start with you like where does the the art form of music start with how does it how does it nurture throughout your career and how does it come to this point right so i started writing when i was young mm -hmm. um poems or i started writing rap that sounds corny but i started writing rhymes that sounds even more corny. <laughs> even more <laughs> but uh yeah I, just, I started writing <laughs> yeah uh when i was real young man eight nine ten and they were super white actually that shit got lost in the uh I had. Oh, you kept them. I had, yeah, I had notebooks and notebooks full of whack shit, um, but it was just you could see the progression. Yeah. And uh, all the way up to my college years, I had notebooks, and uh, I, yeah, I started writing as a young man. I was, I was in the music, um, writing. I was in the poetry. I was in the just writing in general. <clears throat> and when I got to college, I, I spent my first Pell Pell Grant on, uh, uh. Yeah, some Pell Grant. Equipment. Yeah, Pell Grant. Yeah, you so, some, some music Grant. equipment. Did you Pell get the full Pell Grant? Yeah, I got the full Pell Grant. That's the, People like, was broke, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My like, mom was just two. Just two. I was two? It was, it was just two? two, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was a couple people got like 25, something like that. Splurge. They wanted to say, that people had to have no jobs because my mom was broke as hell. <laughs> Boy. It was, man, it was, yeah. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, w I went and bought a computer, and I went and bought Fruity Loops, and I went and brought this, this uh, 
program called Acid 5.0. Oh yeah, and, I remember. Yeah, I had made some music in high school with some uh, with, with my boys, and you yeah. can tell you can tell young, yeah, that you're different than the people you're making music with. Yeah. No disrespect to the homies, but right, you could just you could just tell like yo like there's something different here, right. and I, I always knew that. And then started making it in college. That's when I really started harnessing my craft. Um, uh, and never wanted to put anything out. I, I really just wanted to get good at it and yeah. ride around and listen to my own shit. Yeah. And you know, I gave it to my my family and stuff like that. And you know, they they said, "Oh, this is good. It's nice." And then I got out of college, and I, I could upgrade my equipment a little bit. Now yeah, I got a yeah. little money, so I start. I got real real equipment. I got right. a real keyboard. I got I got Logic, right? Um, which is which is a re- recording program. <clears throat> uh, then the concept started getting better, and everything just started. The quality started getting better, and then it got to the point where I was giving my family's music, and they were. It got to the point they're like, "Yo, this is different." Like. Yeah, you should you, really do. Like you should different. go ahead and try it. Like mm-hmm. nobody, especially athletes, are nobody's making music that's actually comparable to an actual artist. Was it um was it a conscious decision to wait until you retired? No, really no, no. See, I I wanted to release an album mid season while I was playing. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I didn't because it wasn't ready, and so. <clears throat> I think that's a that's it's probably a huge. I mean, there are probably athletes out there who are talented artistically, right. but you don't have the time to give to your craft right. and the respect you have to give it in order to be a quality project. Which I thought in the in the moment I was like, no, this, it's just as good. But listening back to the shit that I was thinking about releasing, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't release that because you only have one opportunity to give people a first impression. Right, right. And so I didn't I didn't want to ruin. It. Granted, my platform would have been bigger, mm-hmm. but uh, this feels more organic and it feels more um genuine because it is i'm not like i'm not trying to turn a dollar from this like if it happens it happens that's what's up but like i i I really just want my voice out there in the stratosphere because i feel like it's an important one and the album is called flamingo and cobalt flamingo and cobalt you think i remember that got a trademark yeah so i'm not gonna put the pressure on you but when is it dropping no no so uh, i don't know when this podcast is dropping but uh like next week right so uh I that was I was just on the phone with my guy. Uh, we're slotted to end of March, like, I, cause oh, what we did was we it was brilliant. It was his idea. He was like, "Yo, just just start documenting the process." So we hired a film crew. Every time we started making music, or just around, and yeah. and we just documented the entire process. So we got like three years of footage of just making the album, yeah. being in the in the lab with producers or or musicians, yeah, and boy. so yeah, that's the homie. Um, and so what we did was we, we put together like this little docu-series. It's going to be like five, six minutes each episode. is like six, seven episodes. Yeah. Uh, just kind of documenting the process leading up to it. I had a listening party in New York and all of that. That's dope. Um, and we, we're, we're going to sell it and title title's going to buy it. And so they're, they're actually putting in an offer either today or tomorrow. Shout out to title. Yeah, for sure. Stay black. Shout out to title. Um, so, uh, all of that has, came to this point where we're finally ready to release. Right. And uh, it's just a lot. There's so much that goes in on the back end with, like, media yeah. marketing. And that's why I say entertainment has superseded art yeah. because <clears throat> there are probably some dope artists that don't know how to market themselves or brand themselves, or blah, 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 blah. It's an entire... It's an entire... Or don't have the resources. Yeah, I don't have the resources, and it's, too. And it just yeah. makes it even... Yeah, yeah. Because it's a lot. Like, that I've been in. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to do. It's a lot to... To process, it's a you have to know the right people. You have to be around the right like because like right now like I remember 
shoot, back in the day, it's like it's like getting getting like the source article or yada yada yada. But yeah. now it's like you got to do your media run through New York, and you got to go on a Breakfast Club, and Absolutely. you got like that's the venue to break your shit. Right. And then streaming services, and yeah, there's just so much back end business shit that the average person doesn't know. And it's a learning experience. Because yeah, no, when for you sure. like, because I remember like with music for me, um, I, how do I do it? Got to get a studio. You got to go to the studio. And, Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And then I get to the studio and be like, oh, so wait, I, I can't just sing this one time. I got to like stack vocals and, you know, do harmonies and stuff like that. Oh, that's why that sounds like that. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so I got this. Now what do I do with it? Because you got to mix it. Okay, well, yeah. how much, you know, what, where do I go to mix it? Well, you talk to this one. Oh. And then, yep. and then, and it's a after progression. You mix it, you like, got to master it. You got to master it. And after you master it, then you put it out. Well, you, you try to put it out, but then you don't know how to put it out. Yeah. And then you got to figure that part out, and it's just a, yeah. it's just a constant learning curve. And then as you get older and older and older, or as you get further and further into your musical career, you start finding out other stuff like, mm-hmm. like how you learn about streaming and like yeah. how this is gonna work with title and how, um, um, you know, documenting the process is probably gonna be a, a godsend, well, yeah. you know, or or whatever sin as far as you go, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be like like the best decision that you've ever made because yeah. then it 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 brings people into your world and it brings yeah. people into like what you've been doing and yeah. um and um That's I really I, I really like I I would I would definitely say that like you know listening to the music that you play me um seeing one of the videos that you had done um it it is advantageous for people. You're not gonna waste your time listening to an Arian Foster album. I'll tell you that. Like just off of just and this is just my humble opinion. I'm just a regular old singing nigga. That's that, love. That like but this guy like really when I heard the the reason why I was like I didn't I, I w- didn't expect this is because this guy really put time in and really put effort into the craft of it. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of guys that you know, dip into rap, like guys that just do straight, that just rap, not even athletes, they just rap. But they don't, they don't have any, uh, it's just a certain amount of artistic intelligence it takes. Yeah. Like it just, it just is like some people have it, some people don't. And like, I'm not doing, saying that to toot my own horn, but it's like, like, you know, people that pick up a pen for the first time. Yeah. And they can they can draw with the best of them. And just yeah. you just have it. Like you right. just have it. Like and there are certain things that you could do to harness your craft, but like some yeah. people are just good at what they do. And I was to me, I I was always in my head better to better at music than I was at football. I just knew football was the easier avenue. Yeah, that's I, you know, for me it was different because I was playing ball and I wasn't even thinking about music. Like I liked it. Right. I really loved music. Right. Like I loved listening to it and all that kind of stuff. Right. But it wasn't until after I was done that I said, I think I could write a song. Right. And then I and then it just went from there. And that's just kinda how my life has just kind of panned out. It's just always been like, I think I could do that. And then I right. go and try it and I'm like, Oh, okay, I, I actually can. And you know, and then you start getting if you're if you're anything like me, you start doing it. And then you get so obsessed with trying to be good at it that you just keep doing it over and over and over again until yep. you're good at it. Obsession. And it, because it then drop because then the athlete in you kicks in. You want to be competitive, and so you're like, well, I gotta be better than this person, mm-hmm. or I gotta, I gotta. I think it's an athlete thing, man. I think it, it's it just is. It's it really just, is. I don't think it is. 
I you, th- you don't think it is? Nah, I think it's just a, a human nature thing. Like we're right, always okay. competing, whether it be in business, whether it be in, it's just the competitive nature. But I think what it, I think what being the athlete part of it that comes in is that it, it, um, athletics nourishes that competitive spirit in you, right? Whereas I think like, that, I think athletics satisfy the competitive spirit. I don't think it nourishes it. You don't think you don't think it you don't think nah. that guys are driven to be a little bit more competitive when they see that like because it's, but it's but it's it's anything though it's not right. just it's not just athletics so like but I I think there's there's people that are just by nature not as competitive and they and they that's why I don't think anything to do with athletics but I'm but I'm talking about guys that aren't athletes I know athletes that aren't that oh, competitive yeah. <laughs> you're right you're right you're right some, but, some guys but, just but out you there. can also see that too. Yeah, guys that just aren't competitive, and and you see that they don't uh-huh. play a lot. Yeah, I think I think there's competitiveness, and then there's non-competitive. So speaking of competitive nature, one of my friends, uh, uh, former teammate of mine at UTEP, uh, also former Texan, Quentin Demps, hit me the other day. Q, and what up, Q? And uh, you know we were talking about music, and uh, he he does a little rapping too. Yeah, I heard. Who's the better rapper, you or him? Come on, man. <laughs> I'm, I feel like we should do no, we should either, either my podcast or your podcast. No, we shouldn't. A whatever rap battle. Whatever you're thinking, no. We should no. do a rap battle. No, I'm not going to battle, nigga. Get the fuck out of here. Yo, <laughs> I woke up this morning. Nah, that ain't my cup of tea, man. <laughs> Shout out to Q, man. I'm I'm eager to hear uh, what he's got coming, too, man. So, um, your... So your girl is also a painter. Yeah, she paints. Do you paint too? Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, are you like? Is it something that you like? Put no, no, no. no. It's just kind of no, like, like if we'll have like a date night or something, and we'll set up the glasses and wine and put some paint, paint up. Yeah, it's yeah. cool shit like that. Yeah, she's got very good work. No, she's nice. She's man. really she's nice. nice. And I've seen the progression of her too. Yeah, like, I've, I've seen some of that. Well, she that's that's how you, that's how you know like some people are just good at like some people are just. Yeah meant to do things like yeah. she the first time we painted she was like yo let's get some paint and we were thinking about things to do with my kids yeah and she said let's get some paint and uh set up some canvases and just have like a little paint fun paint night with them i was like yeah great idea and i was like have you ever painted before she's like nah so we just set it up boom 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 she started painting and i'm like hold up okay you have you painted? painted have you painted before you said You're you haven't liar. painted before yeah. and it was just like a it was an amazing piece yeah and I'm just like, this is crazy. And I was like, yo, you gotta paint more. <laughs> yeah, and then like, like she just started painting more and more and more and more. And it's getting it's getting silly. It's it's crazy because um um our mutual friend you you good? Yeah, yeah, perfect. Okay. Uh our mutual friend Blue. Uh oh, it is hot. It did kind of warm up in here. Oh, them lights got hot. That's what it was. It was those lights. Is it going is it gonna uh no, but it's gonna pick up on the mic? But um our mutual friend Blue. Um, I met Blue when we were like, might have been 20, 21. Right, right. You know everybody, though. What yeah. The f- so does that happen? Well, I mean, music. So like, but the way the way my life runs, my life is, is that set up. I have a a a pocket of friends who knew me because I was an athlete, right? Then I got to, um, I started doing music, and there's a pocket of friends that only know me from music. Right, and then there's those friends that are like, "You play ball, yeah," and then there's the the my friends that know me from athletics. 
you do music. Right. Yeah. And so, like, it just ends up being this, like, it's just a network of people that I just kind of, like, figured out and, you know, learned whatever. And there's people that knew me from both, right? Yeah. Those people that have been through my, been a, been in my life for my whole life. And um, so I met Blue when we were, man, we had to be 20, 21. Or I had to be 20 or 21 because he's a, a year or two older than me, I think. But, um, um, I met his brother first because uh, his younger brother, AJ. I met him because we played in the state championship against each other. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't. So when they told me the blues, I was like, hey, you, you related to uh, um, Anthony Blues? He's like, yes, yeah, my little brother. Mm. Yeah, so like their, their whole family is a football family. All right. His, his pops played in the league too. Pops played for like that. the Redskins and uh, I didn't know that. I think he played in the USFL. He too. was actually just on my podcast. A blues on there? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we haven't released the episode yet, but yeah. Like he he um he was a DB and uh at a school in Oklahoma, I think. Okay. And so uh and his little brother went to Nebraska, played a true freshman, all that stuff. Um, you know. But I saw Blue when he was just pretty good, and then we see Blue now, and Blue is like amazing. Yeah. Like he's like our one of our I would say one of our generations like great visual artist and actually talked about that i think i think i think he's a great artist don't get me wrong yeah. but i think what separates him is how he brands himself that too, i think yeah. he's a marketing genius yeah. yeah that too and he you know it, it, but you know in a way you kind of have to have both right that's he, my he, reoccurring thing you gotta have entertainment both. has superseded art yeah you gotta have both i mean because you can like you said, you made music at first, and you were just gonna tuck it in and listen to it in your car, mm-hmm. um, and and you don't need marketing for that. <laughs> That's the mean? shitty part. Is I'm thinking now is like I have to like I have to sell the product, and like that's what I've never been good at is selling You're selling the product, selling so, my product. So it's yeah. like it's just one of those things where it's kind of like my podcast, where I'm not really selling my podcast. It's it's growing huge, mm-hmm. but it's more so people hear about it for whatever reason, and then they continue to stay because of the content is good. Well, and that's you, what I'm hoping for with my music. Because I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not a character. Like, I'm not Buster Rhymes. I'm not Lil Wayne. I'm like, I'm not a character, bro. Yeah. Like, the content is just good. Like, I, I could just see here. I'm just the easygoing cat, but the content is good. So, hopefully they stay. Yeah. So, but you have a, I think the reason why it's going to work for you is because you have, and the reason, same reason why your podcast mm-hmm. works, is because, you have a um, a perspective on things that people really are interested in hearing. They really want to know, like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I remember the first time hearing, like, while you were in, in the league, I remember the first time a story came out that, you know, uh, you know, Arian Foster says he's atheist. And I remember the backlash you got from people that, as if it mattered. You know that what shit, I mean? That shit was funny as hell. It, it was funny. And, like, but but I also saw things that were a little much. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you would get, like, when you would get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get that to this day. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, you got hurt because you don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. Like, bro. <laughs> but it, it, it's that, that thought and that concept is what is plaguing our society today. There's no rational thought. Right. People just people just say shit. They just say things. That, not only that, they they they, mm-hmm. they just believe things. Right. And there's no rational thought. And I think that the people that that say things like that to you, uh, also they don't. Obviously, they don't know you. 
they have no idea who you are right. as a person. They just see the number on the jersey, the name on the back of the jersey, and uh, with your helmet off, they see you. Right. That's it. But um, but the rational thought that goes in behind what how you feel about um, uh, religion and things like that comes from an informed background. Your father was Muslim, right? Right. Uh, was your mother Muslim? Uh, she converted. <clears throat> she grew up Catholic. Okay. Um, but she was, uh, now I would, she's coming to the side of atheism, but mm, still on the agnostic fence. Agnostic atheist. Right. Well, because you can be an agnostic atheist. But she's unsure slash unconvinced. Is your is your brother, is, is he Muslim? Um, I mean, I think... I think maybe he would define himself as a Muslim, but if you ask me, I would say no. I would say he's just somebody who believes that in he, a higher power. He just believes in God. Right. But, yeah. I mean, you have to ask. I don't How people identify themselves is they, right, right. their business. Because it's a um, – I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how that conversation begins with you and your father because your father's still Muslim, right? Yeah. So how does that, like, your first time saying, like, Dad, I don't think this is – Well, I mean – or was it a gradual thing? Yeah, it was a gradual thing. It wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. It was more like uh it was you, more like you threw your koofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You threw your koofy on nah, the floor. I never had to do this no more, man. <laughs> nah. I, what was dope about my pops and my mom was how they raised us. They always raised us with this this is a foundation of what we believe. Uh you have to you have to walk your own path. Right. So there was never like this. We'll and, show you. Like we used to. I used to yeah. pray five times a day yeah. to the east. I used to do it with them, uh, but I never was committed to the religion. Right. Like, I mean, how, how can a child be committed to a religion? Right. Because when we're young, we just do it. Nobody just knows do it. what the fuck is going yeah. on. Yeah. So um, as I grew, they they kind of cultivated the seed of of free thought. Uh, yeah, free thought and just inquisitiveness and so i used to have a whole bunch of questions why is this why is this why is this and some and looking back some of the things i think he fed me was bullshit but it was what he thought was the truth right um but he gave me the best honest answer but he was always like you have to figure this out on your own and never stop asking questions never stop asking questions when you stop asking questions is when you stop learning so and there's like 40-year-old people that stopped asking questions at 18. And, yeah. and, they, and they, they aren't very good at, you know, at critical thought. And um, it's just interesting, it's, it's interesting to, uh, to kind of understand the path that you took because you, I guess, growing up with a Catholic mother and a Muslim father, and then your Catholic mother starts converting to Islam, and then you're growing up and you got your own questions, and then you get to your point where you're like, I don't, yeah, that's, I'm not convinced yep. at all. And then your father is still there and he still believes and he still understands. But I think the uh, the valuable part about it is that no matter what you thought or how you felt about it, they didn't judge you. Yeah. Because a lot of people will, you know, maybe they'll stray away from religion, the religion that's being taught in the home and, um, then their parents ostracize them yeah, or 
<laughs> or, you Which know, is just insane. Yeah. Or or are they and they look at you as if, you know, you're some criminal <laughs> because you're not reading the Bible every day or because you're not, you know, praying five times a day or or mm-hmm. um, whatever it is. And um, but that's a that's a healthy environment to grow in um, up in like somebody that encourages free thought and critical thinking and it's just like do what you want just know what the hell you're doing when you do it well, nobody <laughs> knows what they're doing well, i mean or just be <laughs> informed about what you're doing i understand that i'm right. about to go into this room right i, I mean understand. It really that shit kind of came in the in the latter part of my life where rational thought critical thinking kind of informed my choices it really came in to to post career yeah because well i say i was like middle Mm-hmm. But there, there has to be some kind of foundation that you mm-hmm. base your either moral compass or your uh, worldview on. And yeah. for years, I was kind of just floating. Yeah. Um, wouldn't have even called myself an atheist like that, but would definitely poke fun of religion and poke fun of all of that. Um, but didn't really have a foundation as to what I be- but believed. And that was mid-career, and I didn't have a lot of time to research what I wanted to research. And so post-career, I started getting more into why I thought the way I thought. Yeah. Why do people think the way they think? And then you also have time at that point well, yeah, to really... Well, yeah. I mean, I had start. time. I was, just, I was just using it differently. Right. I, 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 was, I was living the NFL life. Like, yeah. I, I enjoyed my NFL career very much so. Absolutely. Ab- um, I, and I... And, it, you know, for um, a, a league that doesn't really um, doesn't really encourage individuality at all, right? Um, did you find it hard within your locker room to kind of be able to be who you are as a as just a, as a whole, um, theologically or artistically or anything like right. that? I think. The NFL is different than college. I had a harder time in college because I think in the NFL, people, first of all, you're getting paid. So, right. You go go there, you go to go to your job, come home, and you're living a good right. life. So for the most part, cats just let everybody be themselves. It's not like nobody right. takes it personally. Um, but kind of like macrocosmically. I was ne- I never fit in well with the team because like I like I see cats like I see a lot of like championship teams and stuff and see the bond that they created and I never really created that bond or tried to create that bond with cats on my team and there were certain individuals that I had but did it feel like you com- were conforming if yeah, you did yeah yeah it, because you the, in order to have that bond, you have to buy into a certain ideal. Right. And part of buying into a certain ideology is giving up some kind of truth that you lay your hat on. Yeah. And so, to me, team sports is just that. It's 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 kind of falling in line, and I, and I hated falling in line. That, that's what I saw a lot of with Chad Johnson when he got when he went to the Patriots. Because when you go to the Patriots, you're gonna do the Belichick Patriot way. Right. Or but or he you still didn't go. buy it. He, still, he, he didn't. Still didn't buy but see. My thing was that when he got there, he felt like he had to be a certain type of person. And so he didn't yeah. talk much. Right. Exactly. He didn't he didn't talk, he didn't do a lot of the dancing and all that kind of That's stuff. What I'm but then what he where the drop off was, then he's not the player that he because he's he's thinking about yeah. well, if I do this, this ain't 
what the Patriots do. Exactly. I, I could do this with the Bengals, but I can't do this over here. And so he's thinking about that probably while running a route. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> or he, he's just thinking like, man, like I, I just want to fit in. It I want to throws fit you in off your game. He wants to win so bad. Yeah. He wants to win a championship so bad, and he thinks that this is the way that it has to happen. And see, I, I think that's why I sleep so well is because it was never like I wanted to win. Yeah. But I did. I would. I didn't. I lost zero sleep over never having won a having a championship and, or wanting yeah. to win a championship. And, and you've always struck me as that type of person who was just yeah. like, yeah, you know, like. Obviously, you want to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, Obviously, you right. want to go and you want to and you want to play. But people have this thought that like, oh, if you don't want to, yeah, be the I, mean, I, I got it. Yeah, I got like, it. You know I what I mean? I mean, there was a there was a point in time, and this is how I always tell cats. So I feel like the the difference between like average and good players is it's just hard work at that level. It's yeah. just working your ass off, and it's discipline. absolutely the difference between good. And great players, mm-hmm. like Hall of Fame cats, yeah, like that—that that is what they want their legacy to be. Right, like they wake up and that's all they think about. And I reached that crossroads in my career, and I remember it vividly. And I—I I was like, I don't care about football as much as I do as about other things. Right, but I'm gonna give all I have. But like, that's why you see cats like hanging on till they like 37, 38, yeah. knowing damn well they shouldn't be out there. Because that's all they they want. That's all they got. That's what they want. And, and at that point, I feel like by then, you're in a in a sort of a jeopardy, because in order to yeah. be great, you got to put so many yeah. hours in to do this. I mean, you have to sacrifice your time with whatever kind of passion you right, want to do right. anyway. But more so, I'm just talking about um, that urge to want to be mm-hmm. for either whether it's your ego. Mm-hmm. Or you really like football that much? I have no idea what it is. And it's, I'm not talking shit to cats who feel like this. I'm just saying, yeah. like, whatever the case may be, like, you have to, like, totally be invested right. in that shit. But I think there's a void, too. When you want to be that great. I can't call that. Like, when you, when you get, like, because like you said, you that's what you want your legacy to be. Right. Somewhere, and it could be anything. It's just it's like a void. Like maybe someone's like, "Well, I never got a chance to, you know, to be a father, or I never got a chance to, right. um, you know, get married." And you know, or you can't even be, be a good. A I mean, you can be. A, don't get me wrong. You can be a good father. Yeah. You, but like, you can't be as active in your children's lives right. as the cat. Right. This is and so a uh, job. I forgot who it was that really didn't have kids until he retired, and he was like thirty-seven, thirty-eight, something like that. Um, I, I can't remember. Was it? Uh, it'll come to me. But, but like. But that's an extreme level of focus right. to play in the league for 8, 10, 15 years and never having either. Derek Jeter didn't get married until like yeah. two or three years after he retired. Yeah, That takes an extreme yeah. level because you want your legacy to be this and this. Yeah. And you understand that um, for you, maybe you understand that these relationships or these things can be a distraction or I can't give enough time to that right now. And I don't want to be a bad father. And my kids resent yeah. me because I've spent the next ten years of their lives on the road trying to be. If they're yeah. piece of shit kids, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't. I can't imagine because we grew up broke. So like, if my, my pop and my, yeah. my pop was working anyway, so he wasn't around a lot. But he was there. But I can't imagine like us living in a million dollar home, and then I'm. I grew up resenting my dad because he's not there. Like he's there because he's, he's providing. Working. Yeah, he's Shut working. Shut the yeah. fuck up. You and- spoiled. <laughs> 
Yeah, and you know, me and me and Slim, we had this talk about on the on the uh one of the last shows we did, and he was talking about how he's making it a point to really be a better father, and um, uh, you know, he was like, yeah, he's like, I got three baby mamas, and that's my. Hey, me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he's like, that's really the worst thing you're gonna hear about Slim Thug, but. That's not a bad thing. I don't know why people think that's but, such but, a bad but, thing. But it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just a. Uh, it's just like he was like, you if know, you that, ever want to find something bad to say about me, the only thing that could even be looked at as you enjoy anything. children and you enjoy sex. You How your, is that you, a bad you thing? You sow your royal oats. <laughs> it's only viewed as a bad thing yeah. to like these conservative, right? Traditional religious people, all like up, tied up, and all that kind like, of stuff. It's just not a like. I don't understand. Like yeah. people be like. Be baby mamas, I'm like, yeah, man. But it's like, yeah, it happened. That's what's because up. It like, happened when when two people. Uh, they, I take care of my kids very well, man. Absolutely. Kids and, love me. And and it's funny because I when I hit them up and he'd be like, man, I got the I got the kids this weekend or I got, you know, this and that. It's, it's just cool to see. You got know the I mean? jits, man. Yeah, got the. Got the jits. I gotta meet them too. I haven't met, I haven't met the, the older ones. You really have? I've never met them. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've never met them. So it'd be cool. So another thing I wanted to talk to you about again is like like I said you don't really strike your strike me as a person that's really into like worldly things, and I watched you literally lose your house in a, in the hurricane. Right. And on the surface, I don't know what it was underneath, but you didn't fucking flinch at all. Like it was it wasn't even like right. when I would hit you up I'm like yo you good? Yeah I'm you know I'm out here and you know. Yeah, there's a lot of water in my house right now. <laughs> and, and one of the things was like, he was like, at least the studio equipment is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it. And you, like I said, one, you didn't flinch. And then two, also on the surface, from my perspective, it looked like you just got your resources together and you used them for everyone else before you use them for yourself. Yeah, no, for sure. We were doing um, uh, Hurricane Harvey relief stuff. Yeah, and my shit was still, still fucked up. Yeah, I I did help other people before I helped myself. I mean, and, and, that's, <laughs> sure. and that's and that's and that says a lot about your character and a lot of like, um, again, things that like, and I'm sure you don't really give a fuck about how people feel about you, but it is one thing that like, you know, on a personal standpoint, like, like, you know, Aaron's not gonna say it, but I watched this man like really do the most, go above and beyond for people that. Like he might never meet, he might never ever see, but I mean we're at this gym, we're at at his brother's gym at Nine Innovations, and there's truckloads of people uh, of this truck coming in, and there's truckloads of diapers and clothes and baby formula and you know uh, feminine products and all of these stuff that's going out um, to uh, Beaumont, Port Arthur, um, just all around Houston and um, and. Uh, you know, there were other former athletes in that room that, um, you know, uh, like Owen, like mm -hmm. Owen Daniels. Yeah, and, uh, came out of support. Uh, and and I, I don't even know if any of these people really even want me to throw their name out there about, like, what they've done and all that kind of stuff because it's probably not important to them or mm -hmm. that they get the notoriety of it. But there was people in there like, you know, like Chris Owen, you know, uh, and Kiati was there, and that people that really genuinely cared enough to really just, like, Whatever they were going through, because you know, if you asked a few people in there, they probably like, man, my apartment's done, my house is done. Like I saw a picture of your house; the the water was damn near at the roof. It was like five <laughs> feet, yeah, five feet. It was five feet of water in there, and and you know, did you lose the pool table by the way? 
Pool table gone. Pool table. Oh man, so I can't beat you on the pool table no more. You never could, but man, we we it was three two. It was I was I beat you drunk. Twice. I was drunk as you weren't shit. drunk. It was the middle of the day. Wait, which one? We only played once. It was uh, the middle of the day. It was yeah. like three o'clock in the afternoon. It wasn't, it wasn't somebody drunk. Yo, first of all, this nigga drinks Bud Light Lime. Hold on, that's not that's not my drink of choice. Bro. Nah, that man was good. I mean, it's good, bro. It I, is good. He was drinking Limeritas too. Them shits is nah. really good. Them shits is really good. Arian Foster drinks. Ari- I like yeah. I like Arian flavor. Foster. I like flavor in my alcohol. Like the cats you be drinking shit on the rocks. I'm like, you just like drinking rubbing alcohol. That shit don't taste good. Like I don't. Who drinks because of the taste, dog? Like it's ridiculous. You drink to get drunk. Like, right. do you drink for the taste? Sometimes, yeah. That shit's ridiculous. It doesn't taste good. I, I said, right, alcohol like tastes yak. like shit. I'm on the miles and that yak, baby. Shit tastes <laughs> terrible. I don't even like miles. <laughs> <laughs> I used to smoke. I'm glad I don't anymore. I used to smoke black and miles a lot. This nigga pulled out a black and mile one day. I said, yo, let me go it's get a rare. cigar for you. It's rare. I brought him. A, I went and got him a cigar. I was like, I'm not going to let you do but this. But like, even then, like, I'm not going to let you I used do that. to. I, I only did it when I drank. I used to, like, every time I, every time I got drunk, I would smoke a black and mile. He was running through six packs of Bud Light Lime. Them shits is delicious. Yeah, come on, man. Northside, we don't. Come on, we don't. All right, all right. We we whatever, man. Black and Miles were. I used to love, but I'm now cool, you're just man. on those swishes. I don't smoke. I don't <laughs> smoke anymore. Really, I just smoke weed now. So. Yeah. So you gave up drinking for a year, right? Yeah. Gave up drinking. How you feel? I feel good so far. It's been like three, almost four months. So is there like do you have urges? Nah, I wasn't. I was an like, alcoholic. You know, I mean, not like, not like. Oh, I gotta I have a drink. Shaking. But like, but like, do you ever like see a drink and be like, damn? Yeah, I wish I could have a nice drink right yeah. now. Yeah, but okay. it's just like anything else. Like, I set a goal and I'm gonna obtain the goal. Yeah, and it's 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 for myself. Other than, I mean, I've been drinking alcohol since you consistently were a kid. since I was since I was a kid. But it really got bad when I was in college. I was yeah. I used to drink like a fish. Then I got in the league. I used to drink a lot. Um, even at post, I went, I went ham again. So I think I, I just wanted to give my body a rest, time to recuperate from all the poison that I, cause I know it's poison. I know it's slowly killing me, but I yeah. enjoyed it. But I so, do, I do remember like when we first met, I was like, Aaron picked up a little weight, but yeah, no, I did. I got big, but I got big. You still look functional. Yeah, of course. I wasn't yeah. like sloppy big, but yeah, I was like, you, you still look fun. You, you weren't Charles Barkley. Out here, no, no, no. I'll were, never do that. But, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but you just look like a. Like a, I got chubby. Yeah, you got, I got, you got chubby. chubby. Man. You, you I probably could have came back. But that's when, so that's when I was like, not to get you know grotesque, but like, you know, I was on the toilet and I went to go wipe, oh, and I man. felt the little roll, and oh, I was like, oh, was like, hell oh, this no, has go. I, that's done. I was done, and so I started, I started. That's extreme dedication out. from your girl though. She stayed with you through through the. Fact. I mean, nah, she was pregnant, so we was going through it together. Yeah, we but she was had a pregnant. reason though. But, that, that's, <laughs> but that's a real reason. So like, I mean, you. Ask ask people that uh that are that are couples that go through pregnancy, they yeah, both they end up gaining weight. Yeah, yeah so, so it's how much how much so we you, pregnant. How much weight did you pick up from retirement until like your biggest one? So my plan weight was around two thirty. Right. And so the and you're highest six what? Two? Six one. Six one. Okay. And the highest I got to post career was two fifty. I was about to talk about yeah, like That's when you start. Is it, this, that's when I was like, I, I got to change because I was like, I started getting XL shirts and I'm usually a large. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to buy new shirts because Every, I'm yeah, fat. I'm yeah. tripping. Because uh, I can control that. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's when I just decided to change. But yeah. so like right now, I'm like at 226. 
So I'm feeling good. I met Eddie. Uh, I met Eddie George last year during the Super Bowl. Yeah, that is a huge human. That nigga, baby, six three two, probably forty now, he but solid. He, he said his playing weight was two forty. Yeah, yeah, but he was a different two forty. It was not. Yeah, like it chubby. was a. It was a. It was a rocked bodybuilder two forty. Yeah, it was rocked up. He was. I, when I saw him, he had to be about two fifty, maybe two fifty five. Yeah. But he still looked like he could put on a helmet right now, Isn't And go hit any just like, and that that. That's a perspective also looking at athletes and just being like, these motherfuckers are big. Yeah. These are huge big. people. Catch is big. He's a huge dude. But it, to combat that, I used to think that too. Like, man, like, professional, like, I see these dudes, 300 pounds. But then, like, and this is always me, is like, I always felt like in my mind, I could outdo all of them. And so that. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. That, but, like, because, like, when you break it down, you can be as big and as, as. Yeah. Fearsome, you can look all, yeah. you can look the part, but like you still got to see me one on one. Right, I always, I always and, felt and like so that's how I was because like I was when I was playing, I never went over one sixty. I was never over one hundred sixty pounds. <laughs> I was a little Skinny guy. As hell, I bro. was, I was a little guy, but I was, I was, it was like, it was mainly just that's little. In it football. was like I was like four or five percent body fat. Yeah, I was just like, did you try to put on weight? I did kind of, but I didn't really put a concerted effort into it. Like I didn't, right. I didn't. And plus, we had a shitty meal plan at El, El Paso. I at mean, UTEP, it was we. Our meal plan at UTEP was uh, one meal a day at Luby's. Everything else we had to like get on our own. Dang, so we jack in the box. That was for real struggle. Was, we was trapped because we didn't have a, a cafeteria at the university. So everybody, because it was yeah, it was it was whack. It was super. We at, whack. Le- we at least had that. Yeah, y'all y'all was y'all was you know y'all was doing it up at UT. I, I've been to Tennessee University. No, nah, I mean now it's crazy. Yeah, it's super crazy. But I mean we had a, we had a meal room that we used to share. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't as like now like them cats get their own spell like it's it's insane now. Yeah, it's, it's insane now. We was trash. But but we, we paid I, them I, cats. I never got that big, but I ran. I I, I hung my hat on being fast. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, you're big, but I played slot receiver too, so I didn't have, I didn't have to run through between the tackles. Yeah, I didn't have to do none of that. It's like a lot of one sixty cats out there, though. right? But I was out there like, catch me in space, and and it's over. But if they do, but if they do, it could be. But see, but I also never took really clean hits from anybody. Yeah, you know I was, what I mean? Because I was, I, I was just shifty, and I was able to just kind of my like, styles thing. Yeah, and I got out of the game. Without having a major injury, and I was, you know, I'm very grateful for that. That's but, good. Um, uh, which brings me to my next thing. Are you? Would you? Would you let your son play football? No, I mean, I'm not gonna like beat him up on his way to his practice if he if he's yeah. insisting. Yeah. But I'm just gonna say no. I don't. I don't agree to it. I don't want you to. There's no reason for you to. And it's mainly because of the the head injuries and. Hundred percent. Hundred percent of that. So, how many concussions do you would you say you had? My whole life? Well, and just on the league. Just on the league. In the league? A good 10, 10, 12. Oh. Yeah. I've had one in high school. Yeah. My whole body went numb when I did it. Yeah, I, I've I've blacked out. I woke up like three seconds later, but you're just under the pile, so you can't really. Right, right. And you, you wake up, and then everything's just different. What was worse to you, though, the Achilles or the, or the head injury? Well, obviously, the well. Because the Achilles is going to linger. But then the head injuries linger too. Well, no, nah, I haven't felt anything wrong with my Achilles since then, since the surgery. Right. Um, what was your recovery time? Like I was, I was back in like seven months. I was running. Let's see, I did it in. It was like October, November ish, early November, 
And I was back. I remember watching you do it, and I turned the game off. Yeah, like May. I was like, fuck. Like May, just like six, six, seven months. Yeah. That's, really that's normally the athlete's time of like coming back from the Achilles. Now, yeah. back in the day though, no, that was, Achilles was, was over. That was a career ending. Yeah. Dominique Wilkins, yeah. he blew out both of them, I think. Ooh. And on the same play? I, no, he blew out one, and I, I want to say he blew out the other though, like later on. But like the way they're doing Achilles surgeries now is is way more of like because if you look if you look at mine, yeah, it's like a super small little. It's very small, small. Yeah. but cats. I know cats. Like like Vince Wilfork did his, and his whole yeah, he got a hack job shit, done on yeah. his. Like, and then and then keloids and yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's but like they they I have like a maybe an inch, half an inch uh, incision, mm-hmm. and they did a hell of a job. I haven't felt this in. Do you feel after effects from your concussion? Oh yeah. Oh no, uh, concussions no, yeah. not yet anyway. So you don't like feel like you forgot something or like you just get a headache every night? No and more than I did before ever like when i was a kid or something like that um because one of the things about like traumatic head injuries is that like these guys go into these really dark places and they and they forget i i have felt some of that but i don't know if that is my apathy mixed with my pessimism because the more you start to learn and the more you 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 grow yeah like i envy those those cats who just who are on those self journeys and they're just like all oh, happy with life. Yeah. Because the more I learn and the, I, the more I get depressed because of how one people are and how two people are taking advantage of people. And there's just yeah. this cesspool of what America is Do because you ever, of what I think it could be. So that shit is, I, I get in a funk sometimes. I don't know if it has, it might have something to do with CT. I don't know. So do you ever, uh, do you ever like, feel like depression or anxiety is that probably what you think it might be it's me it's me i don't i couldn't i, I don't have a reference point right. to say this is how i used to feel versus this right. because how i used to feel was pure optimism mm-hmm. and then seeing a side of life that i never saw before the money the fame yeah, the one percent what it does yeah like i think most people go into a little bit of a funk that are good humans that see that you've seen the bottom. I grew up in the bottom of the bottom, and then you see the one percent. Yeah. Like you look at like Jim Carrey, somebody somebody like that, like yeah. who who's he he's had a brilliant quote. He said, um, "I wish everybody can get everything they ever wanted, so that they realize that that's not, not it." Yeah. It is. So because you reach this point and you realize that there's so much more to life, and there has to be something more. Right. And. It's depressing because you see everybody out here in this rat race just chasing their tail. Right. And you try to tell them that you're chasing their tail, and they go, oh, you're being condescending. But like, my nigga, well, you won't take my advice. Yeah. You won't take a homeless man advice. Whose advice are you going to take? Yeah, right. I mean, that's a, uh, me and Slim were talking about that, too. Um, Dugger. We were talking about, um, I was saying, what I was saying to him was like, uh, Kobe Bryant had a quote, he was like, if, in my entire life, if the best thing I've ever done is play basketball, then I've wasted my entire life. 100%. Because, and, and you look at him now, he just won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was about basketball, but it was also him using and being creative. Oscar is an Oscar, bro. Yeah, an Oscar is an Oscar, <laughs> right? And it was, you know what I mean? Like, it, but, like, you can see, like, I, you know, I really don't think Kobe, like, it felt like to me Kobe didn't truly, truly mature into this Kobe until he started getting hurt. 
Like he, he, it's, it's, it felt like his his perspective changed on a lot of stuff. I think it has to. Yeah, and and it's like a um, I guess it's like the same the same uh situation that like when you have your first kid. Now you start thinking like, well, you know, you start switching the way you think about certain things, mm-hmm. or um, you know, so when I guess when you have a major injury and you start to see uh your career's mortality, you start looking at it like. Because then you start enjoying all the things that happen to you. Like you start looking back on the stuff that that you did well over your years, and then you and then you are grateful for that. But then you also starting to look at the the next chapter and like figuring out what you're gonna do next. Yeah, you have. And I think that you are one of the guys that did a really good job of just like, um, like I'm retired. This ain't gotta be a a huge thing. I'm not about to sit up here and have a a press conference with y'all like they, they wanted me to do one. it like, was real like i i didn't have no fucking even before conference. i knew you i knew that that wasn't gonna be a thing right, right, i'm right. like that like come on yeah, he's no, not it, it he don't he don't want to talk to the media now why right. does he want to talk to the media on his retirement you know what i mean like i'm gonna just bow out gracefully do my you know go do my own thing and then have a successful transition into my life because you i mean you're what 30 30 you're no, 30, 31. Shit. You're 31. Yeah. You're old as fuck. Yeah, old as yeah. fuck. <laughs> but, uh, you're young to but, somebody, man. <laughs> but not nah, like you're, you're 31. You got at least 70 more years. <laughs> you know what I mean? To just to just enjoy life. Enjoy life and live and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's why I like, I like to see my dad as, as a retired man. He's 67. All right. And he just like, he just gets to enjoy his life. He gets to sit at home and do nothing if he wants to. Mm-hmm. He gets to pick up his camera and do photography if he wants to. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's why I feel like that's how life is supposed to be, though, man. I retired my mother and my father, and I just feel like that's how life is. You're supposed to wake up in the morning and just be inspired. But like I said, man, we keep running this rat race, yep. and you have to find a way to keep the lights on, and it's just sucking the soul out of human beings slowly. Man, been there. Yeah. And and it's a, uh, I think part of it is coming from, like, sometimes not, having a real passion uh yeah some people i like, don't understand that shit yeah like some people are some people don't have and i've talked to people that's like look i don't i don't have a talent like they they, they just but like i don't believe that shit and, and and so and and my thing is that like i think maybe you do you just maybe aren't interested in the thing that you could be talented. nobody has a talent like some people are are good at what they what, yeah but yeah. but everything is everything is subjective so if like right. you used to tell me Jean-Michel Basquiat has good paintings, I would say I disagree with you wholeheartedly. I think that shit is terrible. Yeah. But to some people, it <laughs> looks amazing. A hundred million dollars worth of amazing. And I don't agree. Right. But like somebody looked at them and be like, yo, that's talent. And I'm gonna look at them and be like, that's whack. But yeah. it is what it is. So like it's it's not it's not even about talent because everything is so subjective. Everything is so subjective. So you have to find out what you love to do. But I think to that point, though, the one, the only reason why I would say that there is the talent aspect of it, it's because. But what is you. talent? What is the well, talent, talent as in like, this is something that I'm basically. This is something that I'm good at, right? Now. But that's what I'm saying. A good, unless unless it's an objective thing where you can say you're good at. But the, like, like, but like how, Will Smith, like Will Smith said. There's a difference between talent and skill. Talent is when you're just good at it, and it's just your natural thing. Skill is when you take that talent and you 
get it to a point where you're so you've worked so hard at it and you've done you've been so obsessive at it that it now becomes a skill and it's second nature and it's like you don't even have to think about it anymore. Yeah, but even in even in that context, talent becomes relative. Right. So it's like if you look at Will Smith's very first acting thing. Yeah. Probably wasn't a great You could say, oh, he was talented. But if you look at him compared to where he is now, like, no, you're not talented. Now, you would probably, a lot of people are like, you should probably focus on what you need to focus on. Right. But, like, he fell in love with it, mm-hmm. and he harnessed his skills to then say, oh, look how talented he was. Yeah. Was he talented, or did he just love the shit? Well, that's true. That's true. That's what I'm saying. But, 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 but I think I think it's just a, it's an excuse people use to say that they, because it's scary. It's scary out here in this world trying to find out it's scary out, out here in this world trying to figure out your own way without having somebody to depend on for a paycheck to sit here and say, I'm going to make my own way because this is America. This is yeah. not a third world country. This is somewhere where if I have a product and I'm selling this product, I can I can make a living off this shit. Mm-hmm. So but it's it's scary for people to to, to let go mm-hmm. of that of that rope that they're swinging on and grab another one. But that other one itself is independence. Mm-hmm. People are scared of that shit, but and you, that shit lends to that excuse. But would you say, because like you were talking about, like in the, in, when you were playing football, you was balling in high school, right. but you was smoking, drinking, right. doing all the. Actually, in high school, I was chilling. Early first part of my high school, I was super on the stuff, and then later latter part, I didn't do anything. I was square. When when you and went I, to San Diego, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I cleaned up my act. So like, but you were probably pretty good in at. When you were in New Mexico. Yeah, yeah right? I was balling stuff. So my thing is that there are guys that literally can't do that. They can't smoke. They can't drink. They can't do none of that stuff. Right. Because if they do, then they're, then they're, whatever it is that they're doing but falls it's, off. But I'm, so I'm saying it's relative, right? This is why, this is why it's relative. So, and, and it wasn't like in high school I wasn't doing anything. I was running hills and shit in high school. Yeah. Right? But I was still just smoking and drinking, doing stupid right. shit. Um. In college, I did the same thing that I did it did in my earlier part of years in high school. I was yeah. smoking and drinking. I was okay. I was I was okay, yeah. but I was nowhere near the athlete I could have or should have been. Mm-hmm. Then I got to the league, cleaned my act up again, and I took off athletically. Right. Yeah. So like it's relative because in that high school context, I was just leaps and bounds better than everybody mm-hmm. for whatever genetic reason. Mm-hmm. Right. But that, like I said, that talent is relative, and it can only take you so far. But you don't think that's based in the. Well, yeah, it can only take you so but that's far, what but I'm you got to nourish it. But what I'm saying is that at the core of things is, like, you have a talent. Like, this is, like, I can run really fast. Or or not maybe, or I maybe just, I, I can just, catch a football really well. But then, in, in that sense, everybody has talent in everything. And that's what I'm saying is that, <laughs> like, some people tell me that I don't have a talent. But I'm like, I don't think it's that you don't have a talent. I just think that you're not passionate about the things that you might be actually good at. The problem so is you might discipline. be really good at math. But you just don't like math, or you might be a good volleyball player, but you just don't like volleyball. I think it's I think it's people. I think it's people not wanting to explore themselves. They'd rather spend all day on social media, all, rather than saying like, "Yo, what makes me happy?" How many times? How, yeah. how many times do people ask themselves that question? Like, I, what makes me happy? I had to realize. I realized a couple of years ago that I really wasn't using all of my brain. Like, I wasn't using, utilizing my, like, because I can do a lot of things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just wasn't utilizing everything that, um, that 
I even had access to or like the part of my brain that I had access to and you know just things like you know like it just dawned on me a few months ago that like Jack you can actually still be an athlete and be an artist so now I me and my friend we coach a 7 on 7 team for uh for youth you know all the way up to like 14 or something like that and then I started training wide receivers to do you know certain things and and not to say that I'm fucking Jerry Rice but like this is the part of my my time in my life where this probably would have been my prime as an athlete because your prime is when your body catches up with your mind I feel like because as a as an athlete as an athlete when your your body you're good you're like you like I'm fast at this and I'm good at this but then when your mind starts to when you when things start slowing down for you, when the game starts slowing down for you, that's a mind thing as well. Well, yeah, but I think are you talking about like just your basic intellect? Or are you are you talking about not not the intellect? I'm talking about like like even going back to football. If like the things that are being taught to you as at a young age are still kind of tough, like the 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 IQ of the game, right? Right. The IQ of the game is like it 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 might be it might move fast for you at first. But then when your body is like when your mind is like one of those days when it just everything slows down, everything looks like it's in slow motion and you can see that safety coming down or you can see that corner getting ready to build and you like, "Oh shit. This is what <laughs> this is what they were telling me at first." And then you mix that with my body's in condition. I'm I'm doing everything that I can. Uh, you know, to get my body right, and everything is slowing down. That's when the prime starts. That's when it's like, like how um uh, how LeBron is just like a couple years ago when he's flipping the ball in front of uh Serge Ibaka in the three point line. You're like, dog, this is the middle of the game, <laughs> and he just popping jumpers in his face. And it's like, and now he's just like, because at, at the beginning LeBron was just the athlete and he was smart. But then it was like there was a point where the game, like, you could see it. You could see, like, LeBron was like, wait till I get a post game. And he got a post game, and it was just like, oh, like, this guy's not going to be stopped for the rest of his life. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a, there's a, I think there's a, a point in which some people reach it earlier, some people reach it later, some people never reach it. Some people just don't even put their, that. Don't put the time in. Yeah, they never put the time in. But um, yeah, man. Like, so you say in the March the album dropping? Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I'm, I'm happy about for that. it because you push this shit back like detox. It's not my fault, man. It is your fault. That's the crazy thing. It is your fault. Nah, I promise you. It, it's it's totally your fault. Cause cause um, the problem with it is is, and I I, I didn't know this before, but using samples. So when oh, you yeah, use samples, you, you have shit. to clear them. Yep. And that that process has taken. We were ready. The album was done being mixed, probably in November. November, yeah. I remember. And it's in March now, and we and we started the sample clearancing process a couple months before. A lot of it money. was ready being mixed, so it's it's probably we're probably going on six months now. It's a lot of money to clear. Yeah, up. it's a yeah. <laughs> the problem, yeah, especially it, it's, when it's coming it's, out of your pocket. It's really not. <laughs> it's it's not. So it's, it'll be like. Like if you use one sample on your album, it wouldn't yeah. be that much. It'd probably right. it probably end up costing you like seven grand. Yeah. yeah. But the problem is like each 
each song you use has three or four different channels that own the rights to it. And right. so you have to pay them pay all everybody. off. Yeah. You have to yeah. pay the people that are getting it clear. Songwriter one-on-one, guys. Yeah. If you use a sample. Got to pay for that. And you want it to be anything, you got to clear that shit. Either I think that, Cast is coming up, though. Just, they just doing it. Yeah, just put your shit on SoundCloud. Yeah, just put I, it on I SoundCloud. Wouldn't even, I wouldn't even. Or. Um, only reason why I'm clearing it now is because I know if if I'm using any kind of sample, that somehow I get, get around, like, oh, he's an NFL Ex NFL football player, he has money, yeah, and yeah, I go yeah. straight for the pocket. It. So I have to. I uh I met Static Selecta a few years ago at South by, and um for those who know those uh Static Selecta is a, a very very prominent producer uh in the East Coast, and um he said what one thing he said about samples, he was like, man, I just worry about it when I I just put the shit out, and I worry about it when somebody asks me about it. But if nobody asks me about the sample, if nobody comes to me with their lawyers, then I'm not really worried about it. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, he's I, like, I'll cross that bridge when I get there. And um, That's terrible. And I was like, okay. You know. Who is this? Static Selector. I don't know who that is. Ask your boy who Static Selector has he Has he had like he's a, some number um, one hits and stuff? He's not. He ain't Dre as far as success goes. As far as prominence goes. I'm saying has. But he's a. If you've had any kind of like. Charting music that has samples in it, like they're they're coming for you. So he's like, yeah, he. I don't think they've charted. Yeah, I think he's um, he's been really good at that mid level, right? Hip hop where it's yeah. like, if it's, I'm gonna move thirty, forty, fifty thousand units, you know, independently, but yeah. he hasn't hit that platinum. Okay, so if it, if it does ever, oh yeah, are they does, coming for him? If he does, he's he's, coming for he's screwed. But um. But yeah, he was like, I was like, okay, well, no, but that that makes sense though. Like, I wouldn't even advise cats like to like who's just starting out with music or 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 in that in the underground ind- yeah. independent way. I would just like make your music, do, yeah. do what you gotta just do. Do what you gotta. But do. just know, like, if one song catches in it and it starts getting radio spins and it goes viral or something like that, and it has a sample in it, like they're coming yeah. for you. Marvin Gaye's uh, estate come knocking at your door. They're coming for you, man. And, they're and coming they, for and you. And they come and do you like they did for real. Um, what else you got coming, man? Uh, just that man. Um, documentary I'm, and yeah, docu- I got I got a documentary. I'm 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 trying to uh work on now. I got a couple of scripts in the works that I'm trying to sell. Dope. Um, can I be in the movie? Uh, uh you know, if, if when we get there, man, when we get there, oh, I want to uh, be. It's just it's a long process, man. Also, um, the podcast is popping right now. We're up to like three hundred thousand listeners a month, uh, and growing. The, that is the now uh, what podcast? Now right? what podcast? He's and, got some great. Like, check it out, man. He's got some great. Great guest. I just listened to the Snoop episode, Whoop. which was incredible. Yeah, that's the home. Um, Dwayne Browns was great. Yeah, all of um, them are great, really, man. <laughs> yeah, my fa- you know my favorite one though was uh, Jamel Hill. That's a good one. Jamel that's Hill was my favorite one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Charlemagne with Charlemagne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a good conversation. Though. It, was, it was a good conversation. It was. I a very appreciate good it coming through. Man. But so, um, uh, yeah, that man, and then um, um. Taking math classes, getting back into school. How is school? Where are you taking this classes at? Uh, right now it's at it's called Mathnasium, so I'm getting caught up in all the oh, maths okay. yeah, before yeah. I actually enter the university. There's a Mathnasium in uh, yeah. Cyprus that I yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I use the one in Sugarland, but yeah. um, uh, yeah, just just getting back into the groove of 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 of, of math because I'm going back for physics, so you need to know your math before right. you. So what do you want to do with physics? You just want to know. I just want to know. Yeah, it's the re- like it's the reason why we know how the sun is perceived to come up and go down is it's the reason why we know how what energy is what light is it's the most have you beautiful. ever met 
Neil deGrasse Tyson? Yeah, I met him. You, how was how was that conversation? That's dope. Uh, we actually did an interview with him. Yeah. Um. So it was, I think I can't remember the magazine, but I did a, I interviewed him. Uh, that and I was on his podcast. Um, oh, that's cool. It was super dope, man. Super dope conversation. Um, and I wish I had a chance to do it now rather than back then because I'm so much more inept and and scientifically literate to where I can ask like the deeper questions that I right, really want to know right. now. Well, I mean, I feel like I feel like you'll meet him again. Oh yeah, no, for sure. He's gonna like, get on the podcast. I got, yeah. I got high hopes for this thing. Oh man. yeah, yeah. yeah. I hope. So how how was your journey to get uh, Jim Carrey on the podcast? It's coming. At, at at the end of every podcast, we we ask our guests to um to tell Jim to come on, and so I think we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna drop it here soon, probably. I think we're gonna maybe go to like because right now we're almost at twenty episodes. Yeah. I think we're gonna go to like thirty yeah. and then release it. So you did one with him, huh? You did one with no, him? No, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, you just we just want to put the pressure on it. I'm talking about oh. like I want, I want, I want to cut up everybody, oh, all of them, and then yeah. do it and then send it to him. Yeah, send it to him. That's dope. Put it online. I think the one that's gonna get him might be Snoop. Snoop's is hilarious. Snoop said, "Hey, hey, bring your funny looking ass. <laughs> hey, bring your funny looking. Let me show you something. That nigga's stupid. He said, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, bring bring your ass to the podcast, man. That's big Snoop dog. That's big Snoop. He dog. said, you ain't doing shit anyway. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he might be doing something. Yeah, he's probably doing. He's probably doing some. He's probably. But either way, man, if if I get him on or not, it's just it's just it's just a funny little tagline to end the the podcast on. But like, I'm out one more, hundred percent. Yeah. But like, who knows? Yeah. Who's the most? Uh, we almost done here. Who's the, what's the dumbest shit you bought during your career? Dumbest thing you spent money on? I bought a chain. You bought a chain? I bought a, a Cuban League thick gold oh. chain. You still got it? Yeah. yeah. But I, I didn't buy it like early. Like I bought it like late. Later on. Yeah, okay. So like I, I didn't, I didn't have any dumb purchases early on. I saved the shit out of my money. So at this point it was like, I was playing with house money at that point. Yeah. And I was like, let me get a, let me get a Cuban League. It wasn't stupid. It's, it wasn't. it's worth like 50, but I got it for like 13. So you never like went to the club and threw a bunch of money around and just... yeah, but never more than like two hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I thought you was about to say like twenty grand. Nah, this dude said two hundred dollars nah, at the club. Never, never. No bottles. We ain't get no bottles out here. That's funny. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I did, but it was. I might got like some bottles, but I never threw no like. Crazy amounts of like. Not no rack. Did you? Are you a strip club guy? Um, it depends. Depends on the strip club. No, it depends on the mood. So like, okay. I'll go. If you already rolling. No, no, yeah, no. Nah. Well, yeah, yeah. If 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 it's a night out and I got the homies like in town and I ain't yeah. seen the cats in a while, like I go. Like when I was younger, yeah, I. You was in there. I got. I, I used to go in there. Throwing. What's throwing the most you spent? Two hundred dollars at the strip club is the most. <laughs> now then I was probably like. I've done it a thousand before, but it, it was never for myself. It was always like getting something for my guys, and, <laughs> and and picking it back up when you throw it. I didn't pick it back up. That's disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm just saying, James Harden got you beat, bro. I've seen James Harden. Oh, of course. James Harden was. I've been in there with him. He was at Dreams, just flicking money off yeah. the balcony, and I was just like, "What is?" Ah, uh, Perk too, Kendrick Perkins. Okay. He's a he's a strip club guy. All them, bas- them basketball cats, they got they got monopoly money though. That's yeah, they different. got the gu- they got guaranteed contracts. That's different, but so. it's like like them niggas, they just so visible. They have every opportunity yeah, yeah, yeah. to Everybody. monetize every single avenue. Everybody. So what was your uh what was your biggest like 
like any celebrity or athlete that you met and you kind of like fanned out in your mind, like, like damn, that's Kobe was the only one. That was the one you was like, damn, this is really Kobe Bryant. Yeah, everybody else is just normal. Like, I, normal. I met Braun, I met like, but I think at that time my my mindset was different. So I met him in 2012, oh, but yeah. I grew up on Kobe. So yeah, it was like any celebrity now. I'm already like a grown up, so yeah. it's not. And you're and you're in. I'm still a fan of people, but it's just I'm just like, oh my fucking god! That's, I was like, yo, it's Kobe. Like, who, who was the one person that told you they were a fan of you that you were like, oh shit? Oh, a lot of a lot of people actually. That that Kobe, really, Kobe, yeah, LeBron, um, uh, I can't think. It's right cool because they realize you're a peer. You realize that you're a peer when you when they tell you. I don't think I am though. And I tell you what, I'm not a peer because um, people, celebrity, that celebrity life is different, man. Well, yeah. It's a, it's a huge fucking but front. I, but I mean a peer, a peer as in terms of being an athlete and then looking at the athletes that you grew up watching and then them telling you, no, nah, like I've. I fuck with you. Right. Okay. Like, you know oh, I mean? Eric yeah. Dickerson was one. Marcus Allen was one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, those are super dope. But I, I just, I don't know, man. I, I'm probably going to sound like an asshole saying this, but I just don't care that people cared about how I ran because it's so insignificant to me. It just doesn't, right. it doesn't. Like if somebody. Time when you ran the ball. If you, like, you if, if. Michio Kaku, who who is a theoretical physicist, if he comes up to me one day and is like, yo, I listened to your podcast and you have some deep, insightful thoughts. To me, that far well, outweighs seen. any kind of athlete telling me they like yeah. the way I ran. And no disrespect to athletes or athletics in general, yeah. I, I came from that mold. But it's another thing is like if the only thing you've done well is play, well, it's the just, best thing you've done is play football I, and then you've wasted your I mean, life. When you look at it like, like there's people in Africa who don't give a flying fuck about, about you putting a ball over a rectangle the line of a rectangle it's the stupidest yeah. shit ever like I, absolutely trust me i appreciate everything that we have and i've gotten from this game and i appreciate it i appreciate people appreciating me but in my mind this it, is more it's out just there so you. insignificant it yeah. just i didn't help humanity forward at all and so that's what i'm trying to do now is i'm with it help him help humanity move forward i like it and I like watching you talk shit to people on Twitter. I, that's an everyday occurrence, man. Yeah, that's that's funny as hell to see. Uh, yeah, man, I really appreciate you coming through, man, and I appreciate carving you out some time. We, we just arrived. Yeah, you had a photo yeah. shoot before this shit too. So I had a twenty-minute photo shoot, yeah. and then the guy passed out. That's crazy. Yeah, I didn't think he had arms, but he did. He did. Um, he... <laughs> yeah, yo, that's yeah, that was crazy. Um. Man, anything else you want to plug before you? Nah, man, I, you got it. The podcast, um, check this out. Now what? Um, subscribe on YouTube. We almost had 10k subscribers already. Yeah, man. So that's that's dope. That's it's hard building some shit from scratch, man, from organically. Yeah. I know I had a little bit of fan base, but they still ain't checking for you like that, especially when you're retired. Niggas don't care, man. So I appreciate the growth we've had. Well, the name of this podcast is gonna be called. Flamingo and Koval, so people know where to start. No, start. no, no, don't let that leak yet. <laughs> call, call that shit. Call that shit. Uh, you already said it was called that on the. Yeah, I'm, I said it was called that, but like to title that might give somebody an idea and try to. Oh, we got a trademark anyway. No, you good? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I got a trademark. 
know, I call, yeah, you know, yeah. we good out here. Yeah, we good. We I got to try. I got a trademark, or else I'd be like, no, I forgot about that. That's true. Yes. So, album's coming end of the month. Album's coming. We're gonna drop some merch with it, and merch is more for support than anything else, man. So you can keep uh, dope shit popping. And we're gonna do more music. One hundred percent. One hundred. I'm. We're gonna do more. That music. means yes. We're gonna do more. That music. means yes. Okay. I still haven't been to the new house either. We gotta. I gotta. You don't want to make that drive. Nobody want to make that drive. I don't, I don't care about. Like it's Houston. I drive everywhere. What are you talking about? Come on. That's what we do. We here. Uh, Pop's gonna grill. Uh, next couple weekends. So. Oh yeah. Pop's throw Wait, down. Which weekend would that be? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay. You gonna be at Austin and Sapa? <sighs> I'm not good around crowds. We'll see. I might. I have yet to go. So. It don't really seem like something you would want to do, but yeah. it, it's a. Uh, it's it's different, yeah. It's it's super corporate now. Yeah, I heard. Yeah. Yeah, I, heard. I mean, I'll be out there. I got got a few shows, so. Um, but yeah. Keep riding, man, man. I appreciate you so much, man. No doubt. Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is like two months in the making. Yeah. And um, yeah, this was cool, man. It was a great conversation. I think, man. Did you have fun? I did have fun, man. I like it. I like it. I like it. So. uh how we're going to end this is we're going to get you to try to get Jim Carrey on my show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to see who can get him first. Hey, Jim, fuck this show. Come to mind. Okay. All right. All right. We'll do it. But actually, yeah, that's what we can do. Jim Carrey, if you are if you ever listen to Little Old Me, go to Arian Foster's podcast so that I can listen. I, I actually would like to like that to happen so that I can be there for it. Man. I just want to sit there and be like. Everybody says that, though. Yeah. Nigga, nigga, wanna, that that room going to have like 50 niggas yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a live podcast. It'll be a live podcast. That'd be dope. It'll be a live recording. Shout out to Jonathan Grimes, too, man. That's my guy. Your other. Yeah. like That's the he, uh, he kinda, kind of he, the co-host. He, he's, of the uh, he's, he's, in, he's in life right now, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's in life for sure. You know, I still haven't met him yet. You know, like, Red Grimes? I met him like, like FaceTime in one day. Really? And I talked to him. And he always been out of town every time you came to. When we did the podcast that uh, right. that we lost, yeah. he was he was out of town. That's right. So, yeah. So shout out to Swag. That's the homie. Also a very talented, uh, very talented, very talented musician. So, relatively uh, talented. Relatively, <laughs> relative. Very uh, skilled. Because that's the funny thing. He'll he'll tell you not to uh, keep it going, but he'll tell you because he plays piano. Yeah. Real nice. Yeah. But he he like. You'll, you'll, he'll tell you first. He'll be like, yo, I'm not good at this. I promise. He'll, he'll, he'll give you a link to some cat that's super crazy. That's super good. But relatively, he's like, absolutely correct. Like dog, like he. Yeah. Cause I play, I play, I play piano. But relatively, yeah, I do not play piano. Yeah. <laughs> that's like a chill. Was like one day he was playing. He's like, man, I gotta transpose this this keyboard because I'm not really good like that. I'm trying to tell you, man. <laughs> like, I'm trying to tell you. Man, again, thank you so much, man. I'm about to go figure out a. Give me a burger or something over here. Yeah, no, I, just had, I just no. had a black bean. Yeah, you got the black bean burger. It did look good. I'm probably going to get this chicken and waffles when 6 o'clock hit. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey. Stick <laughs> it in the bowl of oatmeal. Hey, she had a fat ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. It's Jack of All Trades Podcast. We out. Yep. Roll in the best to see in my car, you better make up your mind.